Hello there, and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we usually have two co-hosts. My name, of course, is Sean Rancunas, and my friend, Hunter Sagona. Hunter and I believe that many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, and talking about a wide variety of composers, and everything in between. Today's musical quote goes as such. I was born with music inside me. Music was one of my parts, like my ribs, my kidneys, my liver, my heart, like my blood. It was a force already within me when I arrived on the scene. It was necessary for me, like food or water. Ray Charles. And just like Ray Charles, we will sit down with a striving and talented artist, his name, Brandon Law. You should ask, What should people know about Brandon Law? He says, I strive for Michael Jordan greatness. The road to greatness is full of experiences that shape you as a human. I started writing rhyme when I was only 16, and I got serious when I was 22. Around that time, I met a guy who only now I realized was not about me and my talents as I thought he was. His name doesn't have one. This person taught me a lot of things. The most important lesson was, in the end, people will always be people. His brand, Blah, what does Blah mean? First, Blah is my name. I used to go by B-Law, but after hearing what hip-hop had become over the last five years, everything is so Blah. Everyone sounds the same, everyone mumbles, nobody writes lyrics about anything. Hip-hop now is just so Blah, Blah. What should people know about your first album, Facing L's? I learned the the hard way to be humble and patient. Facing L's is raw. It was recorded during a hard time in my life, and it is a reminder of how I used to be. I will never go back to being the person I was then. I saw God many times back then because of what he's shown me and what he's promised me and what he's doing for me. I can never go back to how I used to be. Don't get me wrong, that album is pure truth, and I believe in the bottom of my heart and the way all around back to the top it will help people and will keep people from giving up during their hard time because it's relatable the best part about is those people will hear where i was then and see where i am now and they will hang in there what is your hardest pill to swallow brandon he writes my mom passed away on god i miss her so much but I don't focus on her passing. I mentioned it because it was a significant event in my life, but there is no need to stay there and dwell on something that has already happened. How do you describe your music? He writes, a conscious flow of bars. Why? Because everyone has forgotten what real hip hop is, and they use it as a means to an end as, as opposed to means as a beginning. Hip hop is a gateway. It gives those who listen to your music the ability to see into you. Hip-hop makes you transparent. Transparency is truth. And through that truth, your listeners can connect with you and understand you. And it allows you to understand them. My music is my truth. Well, Brandon, what do you rap about? He again writes back, I don't like to rap about guns, drugs, or money because there are more important things than guns, drugs, and money to rap about. I may reference them, but that's what's popular, but that's not me. One day, not too long ago, I recorded 11 songs in the studio. 
I sent the songs to my manager so he could listen to them. He sent me four different texts telling me how tough they were, but I wasn't going to get it. He told me to close my eyes and listen to it as if someone else was rapping. Shit almost made me cry. Life, bro, life, and staying real. And that's what's important. What are you thankful for? He writes, I am thankful for the person who chooses to listen to my music. I don't like to be throw the word fan because that puts the listener below me when they should be above me. I am nothing without the listener. What is the point of making music if there's nobody to listen to it? I understand the people who listen to my music are making the choice to do so. Show that I understand that I will continue to make truth music to show my appreciation. I won't leave them bored. No one will get bored when they listen to my music. If you only had one sentence to introduce yourself as a rapper to a person, what would you say? Eminem brought us Rap God, but hip hop legendary Super Saiyan sounds cooler. So I'm shooting for that instead. Embrace your inner Broly. A brief introduction to capture the audience to tell them what you are about. My name is Brandon Law. I aspire to be great, but I know I can't get there by myself. I need a team. I need the listeners. I appreciate every last one of the people who listen to my music because I know they don't have to. They make the choice just because I choose to be honest with and in my music. I use my music as an outlet, as a form of escapism instead of turning to drugs or abusing women or being nasty towards others just to make myself feel better. When I'm mad, I write a song. When I'm frustrated, I write a song. When I feel hopeless, I write a song. When I miss my mom, I write a song. When I'm crying, I write a song. When I feel like nobody's listening or I have nobody to talk to, I write a song. Yes, I write music when I feel like I'm on top of the world. Yes, I write party music, but anyone can write party music. Not everybody though is in tune with themselves enough to write a song when they are alone and forced to be real with themselves when they have no choice to be with one of their emotions. That's what true hip hop is. It draws on and from your deepest, truest emotions. It makes you feel. It creates an emotional bond between the listener and the artist to where the listener knows what the artist was feeling and when they wrote the song. The artist, he does not write the song to make the listener feel a particular way. He writes because he already knows what the listener is feeling. They understand one another. I write because I understand and appreciate my listeners. Written by Brandon Law, and at the end he writes, my, brand, my name is Brandon Law. I write with fire and I bleed on the beats. Whew! Brandon, I am so excited to meet you, and I'm sure Hunter is as well. And without any further ado, let's welcome my friend and yours, Brandon Law. Right, we are rocking and rolling. Off we go. Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You know, like I mentioned uh, right before we started, um, your bio is really, really powerful. And I hope that um, like our listeners get to get a sort of a small check of what I was able to read through because it was awesome to read. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads to my first question, which sort of starts out with this um you said you say in the the bio hip-hop is a gateway 
and it gives those who listen to your music the ability to see in you. And I'm not the the hugest listener of hip hop myself, but mm -hmm. um, this transparency you are describing, um, what do you mean by that? If you don't mind asking. Um. Well, the transparency is, you know, exactly what it it sounds like. Um. I'm completely see through. There are no lies. I tell no secrets in my music. I'm straightforward. Um. I pretty much just tell the truth, my truth, um, every time in my music. You know, I just give the listener. I just like, what's what what's, what can I say? My insecurities. I, I throw all out there on the forefront for them. Um, mm -hmm. you know, to pretty much listen to and relate to. So it's pretty much just that transparency as a human being. Like I don't hide nothing. I'm not ashamed to give the listener my my 110 percent right right and i i love that about the way that you represented yourself in this bio and the way mm -hmm. that you crafted it in that way um so i thought that was a really beautiful sentiment um and i'm going to pass the next question over to hunter sure um so let alone me uh my question is i guess it's more of a you know, a bio obviously gives a background both in a biographical sense and musical sense. And my question is, do you think, uh, for you personally, is there a genre or an artist in the pre-hip-hop world that you feel was a particular game changer for the development of hip-hop? Um, there, I could say there's a handful of, of hip-hop artists that change the you know it can be the evolution of hip-hop you know growing up i was a big um bone thugs and harmony fan um i just like the whole spin that they were tough but also were soft in the sense of they harmonized with each other and they started like singing on the track as well as um mm -hmm. rapping and i thought that was really cool um another cool one was you know Rage Against the Machines, those, those people. It's just the genres back in the day, they mix so well. And mm -hmm. then it kind of corporates with how the music industry is now. Like Drake, he's one of the biggest, you know, hip-hop artists out there. And he sings and he also raps. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I think, you know, touching back on the Bone Thugs and Harmony thing, like they definitely, I feel like, opened up that genre um, as far as that. Yeah, and no, I, I I could definitely see the progression. And you're right, Drake is massive now. Um, now, if you don't mind my asking, when were you? When did you grow up? Like, I don't know how old you are. Uh, I I always been a fan of music. <laughs> I always <laughs> I always been a fan of music, whether it be like jazz or R and B. You know, jazz for the instruments. You know, and then mm -hmm. R and B for like the feel, you know, R&B gave you like a, a, a very warm feeling, you know what I'm saying? But as far as growing up, per se, um, when my mother passed away, that's when I, I think I started to grow up. I fell off a little bit, you know, but then I also grew up really fast. And, you know, music gave me an outlet mm -hmm. that I couldn't, I couldn't put in the words to people. I couldn't talk about it to other people so they could understand what I was saying. But anytime I could put it onto like a beat, it made sense and people got it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, yeah. and I think, I think 
it's sad to say, but it was probably the best thing to happen to me was, you know, my mother passing away because it, it molded me differently and it made me a better person than the person who I was previous to that. So it definitely pushed me mm -hmm. to, to the hip hop world a lot more. So that's probably when I grew up. Yeah. And that actually, Oh, sorry. There was a lag. I didn't know. Oh, no, um, cool. That actually fits really well with Sean's next question, Sean. Sure. So um, my next question is, uh, Brandon, how did you initially find hip hop? Um, because you, you mentioned how it is not good as it is now. Um, so mm -hmm. who did you listen to and what group or artist inspired you to follow this path of your own? Um, well, Nipsey Hussle is one of the artists that I listen to on a regular basis. And he's, He's like a motivational speaker. He like talks to you through your, he, he's, he's a hundred percent relatable and just a lot of the things he touches on, it just, it touches home with me because he says a lot of pain. He has a lot mm -hmm. of pain in his music and that's very relatable to me, but touching up on, on groups who inspired me was Bone Thugs and Harmony again, because I grew up listening to them and just the way that, you know, they can harmonize together and then also be tough at the same time and show both sides of the spectrum, I thought was really cool. And that and that inspired me a lot. Right. And if you don't mind me asking, uh, again, uh, how, what, so from this artist to, to now you going ahead into your own sort of field, how do you sort of track your own progression as an artist? How did you, have you learned any trades or any, secrets through the the time that you've been working uh i did my first um project i ever dropped was in 2014 and it's called facing l's and it's a triple mm -hmm. entendre meaning you know everyone faces losses in their life i was smoking weed heavily back in the day so i felt like i coped with that a lot and then the team i was representing was you know uh, a local label around here in Virginia beach and, you know, people threw up their L's and it represented me. So I look back at that first project that I did and it was full of pain. It was full of, you know, I was angry. I was sad. I was depressed. You know, I had all these emotions and I could, I could tell the difference when I make music now. Cause back then it was, you could say scattered there's things scattered everywhere, but now it's, I feel like it's more mm. composed. It's more like structured. Um, and just the topics that I'm talking about now, um, you know, it, you could tell that there was evolution and maturity from the first project to what I'm producing now. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to text the baton back over to Hunter and Hunter is going to talk to you about, uh, more artists. So Hunter, take it away. Yeah. So I guess, uh, less than the artists themselves, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, when you, when you, you know, any song, when any artist creates any song, um, they're obviously trying to convey a message and that message is different for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, and how do you think artists should respond when the people that are listening to their art, their music, maybe take the message they're trying to convey and distort it and use it in the way that they want, or maybe take their message in the wrong direction. Cause obviously the artist 
has a particular message, but that's not always how the public receives that message. Mm, that's a that's a good question, but it's kind of like with everything how it can be flipped, kind of mm-hmm. kind of like with um I don't want to jump into that, but for the artist I think it would be best to maybe rewrite some of the messages that he put out or she put out that got flip flopped. You see what I'm saying? Like if they're able to reach out mm-hmm. to their fan base. Um, which is mostly the probably the most important part of being an artist is, you know, your, your listeners, you know, I don't like calling them fans, but you know, your listeners, the people who are giving you their undivided attention, you know, to, to listen to what you got to say and, and connect with you. So it's probably the most important part is to, to connect back to your, to your listeners, um, and just reach out to them and, hope that they understand the the second time coming around. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting because I just, I always wonder, you know, when artists hear people talking about their own music and Mm -hmm. I wonder if they think in their head, that's not what I meant at all. Or, Mm -hmm. or they really got what I was talking about. True. Yeah. And sometimes it works out for, you know, the best if, if it's not what you were going for at first, but it seems to be catching and people love it. You see what I'm saying? Like, it can still... It's kind of like a double-edged mm-hmm. sword, you know what I'm saying? It, it can work, but it can also backfire yeah. against you, you know? Especially, you yeah. know, especially now, you know, everybody is so opinionated. They, you know, they want to throw out what how they feel about it, and the internet will take it and run with it, and, you know, sometimes before your career starts, it can end, you know? Yeah. That's a very good point, right? It really brings in that idea of uh, uh, not not viewership power, but like um, the the power of the press, right? Which is mm-hmm. a huge in the music business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, o- and overall life, I mean, the power of press, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and everyone, no one is safe from it. Although it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, that speaks to the concept of truth, which is something that Sean wants to talk to you about. That's right. And uh, my question, Brandon, is about how you say that music, uh, you want to represent your music as truth and that truth can be told through your own eyes. Um, What do you help? What do you hope uh, listeners or people can learn from you through your music and even be inspired to start creating like yourself? Um, I, I just hope that people that listen to the music they can relate to it and I plan on touching the people who have gone through the mud and hardships and understand that it does get better you know and you know this it like we we're touching up before we started you know it, the, the tortoise won the race not the hare mm-hmm. so you're gonna go through those problems in the beginning it's gonna be you know depressing it's gonna be hard but it's the people who are persistent and consistent enough to um, withstand, you know, life's hardships are the people who get rewarded. And mm-hmm. that's who I really want to reach out to because there's people all over the world that, you know, have nobody that feel like they understand themselves mm-hmm. and what they're going through. And me as a youth, after, you know, my mother passing away, I felt like no one understood what I was going through and understood what I was trying to say. So, mm-hmm when I wrote it down and it sounded how it sounded coming out of the speakers, 
people started to actually understand that. And if I had a, a, a artist relatable enough to go through things like that, I think that could have helped. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've learned from those experiences of, of telling people your truth and, and listening through your own relationships and, and discussing those things out in your own music? Yes, yes, sir. I actually reached out to a, a artist, a hip-hop artist. He, he was big, but then he just dropped out of the scene. And I asked him, you know, how do you become a better artist? How do you become a better musician, a rapper? Mm -hmm. uh, he said, you become a better person. He says, mm -hmm. once you become a better person everything else falls into place. He says, don't concentrate on trying to be the best rapper out. He said, concentrate on being the best human being that you can be and everything else will fall into place. Yeah. I think people should also learn that in life too. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. It just, yeah. you know, it's universal information, you know, it, yeah. it, it it mm -hmm. can be used everywhere throughout the grid, wherever you're at, whatever you love to do, you know, you just use, like we were talking the algorithm, you use the algorithm, you know, mm -hmm. to your benefits, you know, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's life. There's no blueprint to how you live your life, but there, you know, there's a blueprint on how to be a good human being. Right. And um, that's very true. I, I love how when we talk about rap and we talk about hip hop, the spoken word aspect. Mm -hmm. And the way that it can craft language and craft inspiration for others to sort of just feed off of. Because we, I, I, I'm a trumpet player. My friend Hunter down there, he's a clarinet player. So okay. we understand through instrumental music and we understand. But there is something really valuable through even just spoken word within oh, rap and within hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't mind me asking one last question before I hand over the next one to Hunter. Is, um, has there ever been a moment where when you were working a word just passes by and you say, Oh, this is something I want to hold on to. This is something really important to me. Um, yeah, there's been a couple times where, you know, ideas and thoughts flash through my head. Sometimes mm -hmm. even when I'm in the studio recording that specific song, something right. will pop in my head like, Oh yeah, that's, that's going to be good. People are going to understand this and that's going to be very relatable you know, because that's the main goal is being relatable to, to your listener, you know, mm -hmm. building that bond between you and the listener. And it, it's just, you know, connections, man. That's that's what we're here for is connecting yeah. to people right, all yeah. over the world. I think that's actually why I started the podcast was to bring people together mm -hmm. through all kinds of music. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the idea of a, a blueprint, there's not, there's no real blueprint for, for being a good person, but I, I love how you said that becoming a rapper and mm -hmm. finding your true inspiration is also becoming, being, learning how to be a good person. And mm -hmm. I love how you said that perfectly. Um, so thank you for saying that. Yes, um, sir. I want to yes, hand over to the next uh, question to Hunter. Hunter, take it away. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I just, I want to add one thing to that. I think, uh, one of the the big takeaways of of that last segment was, uh, I feel like the spot you know uh, rap hip hop vocal music in general has a little bit of a benefit or not benefit a little bit of an advantage on instrumental music, uh, in the in terms of conveying your message. Not that instrumental music can't convey a message, but you know if you play a particular chord, that the sound of that chord, the feeling that's evoked from it is a little bit um 
it, it's subjective. It won't mm -hmm. make the same people feel the same thing. You mm -hmm. might play a certain set of beats or, you know, we, like I said, play a certain chord and that means something different to different people. But mm -hmm. the, the spoken word is very precise. Mm -hmm. And the and actually the English language is considered the most specific language in the world. We have the ability in English to dictate exactly what we mean more than other languages in the world. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that hip hop artists particularly take full advantage of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Um, the, the way you say it is the pitch, you know, the mm -hmm. it's like it's like trying to read a text message. I, I can't understand how you mean it through the text message but right. if i can hear how you're saying it i definitely could understand a lot better but um definitely man um the spoken word it's 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 acapella it's clean it, it's it's right to you it's right now it's no other distractions it's exactly what i'm saying and how i'm saying it is how it's meant to be sound or yeah. you know or how it's meant to be said so I, I, you're, you're correct on it's, it's, it's right on point. It's sharp, you know, it's accurate. Um, you know, I don't want to say there's no mistakes, but you know, the impurities are, are, you know, are gone at that point. Cause it's just you and the listener. There's nothing yep. else to distract them. You know, it's like, I, I'm listening to your words, but Ooh, did you hear that chord? Like, man, let's run that back. And it's like, mm -hmm. now you're lost in the message and now you're listening to the instruments. Nothing wrong with that, but trying to mm -hmm. get a message across, you know, that's why spoken word is, exactly. so, you know, poetry, you know, it used to be poems, yep. it used to be people coming together in the Coliseum and, you know, creating these poems and people just like, you know, vibing to the poem. Exactly. That's a very, <laughs> I like that imagery, actually. That's very good. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. And that sort of brings me to my final question of this first segment, which is knowing where you, the genre that you um, exist in, this, this hip-hop rap genre, knowing where it's been, knowing where it is now, where do you see it heading in the future? Uh, well, everything goes full circle. Everything comes full circle. So, you know, it, it once was this way, now it's evolving but it's going to return back to that same, you know, back in the day it was this. Because you look at it like retro clothes are the thing now, you know, like <laughs> old vintage yeah. clothes is the thing. And back in the day it was, uh, we can't wait for the futuristic stuff. But now it's like kids are dying for vintage clothes and vintage glasses and all types of oldie things because it, it, everything's full circle in my belief. Mm -hmm. I think that everything will return full circle. So, yeah, you know, it once was, you know, storytelling, hip hop. Now it's, you know, uh, yeah, you know. That's <laughs> 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 where my name comes from, you know. It's, it's my first name, Brandon Law. And then, you know, I just put them together. Blah, like this music now is just like blah, 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 blah. They just saying stuff that sounds good. Most of the time, people just are listening to the beat, mm -hmm. you know. And that's that's where I think the hip hop is at. But you know, there's certain you know hidden gems in hip hop. You know, just like there's certain hidden artists in like comic book strips. They go venture off and they create their own comic, and it's like this crazy new thing. Same. That's the same with anything. Mm -hmm. Chefs, cooks. You know, 
playing you're in a band but you know you don't get no shine you break off by yourself you blow up you know it's, right is 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 it's like that so I, full circle I, I believe that the um the music scene will return full circle and it would be it will go back to storytelling and i hope just to be one of those storytellers well you certainly seem to be in the right place for it so i certainly hope it happens uh or or at least you know maybe you could be one of the catalysts to help it happen yes, um, and having said that now we will uh take a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll talk about some of the uh some of the songs you wanted to talk about so okay. Uh, little, I guess, plug to us. Uh, if you'd like to support this podcast, please go to anchor.com and search Music Speaks Podcast to find a way to reach out to us, and you'll find our social media and ways that you can contribute to this podcast. And we will be right back, sponsored by our friends at Anchor. All right, and we are back with our friend and yours, Brandon Law. Brandon, uh, you got some songs for us. Uh, and the first song that I get to talk about is called uh, No Sleep, R.E. Um, and I really like this song a lot. And I wanted to ask, when you started to write this song, um, what kind of beat do you look for in a song? Um, well, it starts with the BPMs, like, and that stands for beats per minute. And that's the catchy frequencies that like stimulate and arouse you know, our mind. And it, it grasps our attention to the beat, um, you know, because my attention span has shortened over the years of, you know, just saturated music that, you know, if it doesn't catch my attention in eight seconds, I'm already like, next, like, next. I don't like how to start it next, like, you know. And so that's what I look for. I look for those BPMs that, that soothe, you know, the ear that just make you like, hold up. There's going to be a drop and I need to at least hear what that drop's going to be like before right. I decide whether I want to switch the song or not. Right. But um right. yeah, that's, that's what I look for at first. And you mentioned that in your bio and I know we discussed this briefly that there are truths in the music and at the beginning of the song we talk about you talk about how you cannot sleep. Mm -hmm. Um and that's the issue in the song that you're addressing. Um, now, what is causing that issue? Is it more of an internal problem or is it an external problem that you're looking at? Um, I kind of say it could be it's both. You know, the song's mm -hmm. called No Sleep. And the first things that come out of my mouth are, oh, man, I'll never get to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Those are the mm -hmm. first bars that, that I give the listener. And it's pretty much saying to the listener that, you know, I've been grinding, working, 25 8 putting my 10,000 hours into my craft and right. you know with this business it comes sacrifices and it just so happens to be sleep is my is what I'm sacrificing you know uh you know, we were talking about earlier you know it's it's the it's the marathon it's it's the slow grind and it's outworking the next artist you know that's those that those are the people who get you know some time or some some listeners it's the people who are, who are grinding while the other people are not you know so i say you know i'll never get to sleep you know mm -hmm. it's it, it can be eternally and and you know externally right and there was a lot of really powerful messages in the song 
Um, and you had sent us two versions of the song that includes profane language and one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you because I found listening to both of them had unique qualities mm-hmm. where I felt like when the one without profanity felt like it was missing something, mm-hmm. but and missing, missing something in a way that you're sort of like, Hmm. Like it, it's, it's, it's sort of like, it's like a, it's like a puzzle piece. You're looking mm-hmm. at it and it's like, you see it and it doesn't and you, and you, and you know, it's there, but you don't mm-hmm. actually see it, you know? And I thought that was really interesting that you were able to share both of those versions with us. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you like, do you like one over the other, or do you prefer both versions because they both contribute to the image of the song? Uh, the second one, you know, I agree and I appreciate both of them, but mm-hmm. I like the rawness of the song and how straightforward I am about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes out to yelling like, you know, I don't get no sleep. It's, it's catchy. Like mm-hmm. the radio edited version is is you know for listeners it's if you're riding in the car you don't want to hear you know a curse word every other you know what i'm saying but they're spaced out enough to where you're not missing a lot of the song and you can still kind of vibe with what you're what you're listening to and you know i just like the the willingness that I'm, i'm i'm willing to compromise you know my song for, for, you know, for listeners, I, I appreciate the fact that I'm willing to do that. And, you know, that touching back on the message, like they can take some of the message and flip it. You know what I'm saying? If they mm-hmm. don't hear the straightforward version, but right. I do appreciate both of the versions. Right. Cool. Yeah. And I definitely appreciated them because I saw them in different sort of lights. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting how you were able to do that for us for this time. Um, I'm going to pass the next song over to Hunter uh, and here we go. All right. So your second song that we were going to talk about is called, how does it feel to be rich? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if this was intentional. I, I don't usually listen to hip hop that often. My, my sister would know much better than me. Uh, but were you going for a little bit of an 80s vibe with this song? Because that's how I felt. Maybe I was mm-hmm. totally off. Oh, no, no, you're definitely right. Um, I think I would have strived in the 80s. So a lot of the time, if if a beat pops out to me, I try to get on that 80s vibe, that 80s feel. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, the fashion scene was awesome in, in the 80s. I loved it. So that's why I say I would strive. But depending on my mood and the environment around me, you know, that that plays a big part of of the vibe that that I give to the beat and to that, that I give to the listener. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that's also, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, you listen those first those crucial eight or ten seconds at the mm-hmm. beginning. I feel like with this song, particularly you have this the, the opening repeated segment. It, it mm-hmm. sounds like a flute, but it's definitely sort of synthetic. It, it's really interesting. I think it would catch people's attention, mm-hmm. especially with the the 80s feel that it comes with. How did you pick that beginning? So the beat originally wasn't so repetitive like how it is. The mm-hmm. engineer and I kind of like skipped it around a couple times, played with it, remixed it, slowed it down. And so we found what was what was what you got now, the final product. And we were just like, that repetitiveness is is going to be catchy enough for the listener to at least get to the hook, mm-hmm. or at least get to what I'm about to say. And then they'll decide whether or not that they want to um, press, you know, next or not. So 
uh, it definitely was a little bit of ingenuity and, you know, a little thought behind it. But we, we, we messed it around a couple of times and then we finally got to the one that, you know, we liked and we we're like, yeah, this this is this is it. Mm -hmm. So I guess in addition to that, then, would you say that trial and error is a big part of working with beats and with a sound engineer? Oh, of course. And, you know, trial and error is, you know, a human being thing, you know, you, you mm -hmm. know, learn best through trial and error. So, again, another piece of the algorithm is trial and error. And you can, you know, put that towards everything that you do. But yes, yeah. definitely, definitely helped me in the engineer, helps me and my team. You know, it just, it helps, it helps a lot. Very cool. Because, you know, you, you like you said, it's a human thing. We do that in everything. So I imagined it was, it was similar to that. Uh, and something else that I do like about the song is the title is really interesting. You know, it's, it's this question that, you, you don't quite answer, but you can imagine what an answer would be. And mm -hmm. so my my question is, um, and I, I usually like to, to to ask this to writers and composers is, did the title come first and you wound up writing the lyrics or did you write the lyrics and then decide that that line was gonna be the title? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, for me, it's, it's a feeling at first, uh, you know, I, I gotta feel the the vibe from the beat at first then um you know then i go into the rhythm and i find like the tempo that i, I want to do and then i go in and write the lyrics so it definitely goes feeling lyrics then the title mm -hmm. for, for the song it you know because again it, it, it threw out 80s vibe to me so that's right. kind of what you know i i was thinking james bond when i was uh, when I was writing it and when I was listening to it. And then I was like, how does it feel to be rich, man? Yeah. That, that, that'd be dope. Like, if I was like a secret agent type thing, like, I, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So definitely fill in. Then it goes into the lyrics and then I write my song title. And the the beat comes before all of that? Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The BPMs. The, mm -hmm. the beats per... The beats per minute, yeah. Interesting. Got, gotta gotta catch the the listener's ear before you even get to the words. That's interesting because I I find that always is a um that's always a question I I wonder with musicians is I mean I, I don't do much composition myself so for me it's mm -hmm. not a question I usually ask. Or, or that I have to ponder, but it's the chicken or the egg thing, you know, now now that we know your sequence of, of writing, a lot of people say like, you know, oh, I, I came up with all of the, the, the word play for the word craft first, and then wound up writing the melody. And some people say I had a melody that I came up with first, and then set lyrics. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's no algorithm to writing music because mm -hmm. a lot of artists will do that, will come up with a, a, a rhyme scheme, like a humming scheme, and then slowly, kind of like the puzzle, will slowly put words that fit right in that spot of your humming sequence. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So definitely it, it varies from artist to artist. And, you know, what I said earlier, you know, my environment, if my environment is affecting me a lot, then that will come into play as well when you know composing or writing a song
Yeah, which leads to my, my final question, which is if you, and you sort of touched on it already, if you had to answer the question in the title, what do you imagine the answer would be? How does it feel to be rich? Uh, <laughs> a feeling everybody probably feels. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just related. Well, you, you, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, I'm not going to say everybody, but a big chunk of the world will always, you know, damn, I, I, what it feels like to, to be rich, you know, like whatever yeah. they're doing, they're not doing what I'm doing right now. They're not sitting here wondering what it's like to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're so right. I, I was just curious because, you know, some people would take that, you know, that approach to it, right? Where it's like, you know, it's, well, it's not what this is. Yeah, and then right. some people would be like, you know, it might not be as good as, as you think. As you think, you know, some people would take mm -hmm. the cynical approach to it. And mm -hmm. right. So I was curious when you were going for this, what was your, what was your vibe? Cause you mentioned like, you know, the James Bond type mm -hmm. and that's obviously a, a, the positive view of it. Yeah. Facts. And you know, that's, that's crazy. Cause that's, that's the whole video scheme is for the song is mm -hmm. how does it feel to be rich? You'll be seeing me doing a bunch of cool, fancy stuff but then you also see the dark side of what mm -hmm. money can do to a person and how it can manipulate people and it, it it how it really isn't everything you know everybody wants to be rich but does everybody is everybody willing to take the sacrifices that come with being rich you know like there's a lot of yeah the danger the danger, the demons, you know, there's a lot of vices that, that can occur mm -hmm. when when you obtain a, a, a big amount of money, you know, it's responsibility comes into play. Like, are you respond? Are you even responsible to be rich? You right. Know? So definitely the, I, I can't wait to release the video because people are going to see the the twist of, you know, the actual title of. How does it feel to be rich? Mm -hmm. That's that's a that's a great answer. You know, there's the mm -hmm. old phrase. Um, it's French. Noblesse oblige, right? Nobility obliges. So people who are of that, you know, that world, they have a responsibility to act accordingly, mm -hmm. right? And that's mm -hmm. the part that people forget. Mm -hmm. So. I found it. It's a very, it's a very thought-provoking uh, concept, title, and image. Sounds like that you're, you know, the the image you're describing. So I, I really, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, um, and I enjoyed this whole discussion. And I really hope that we get a chance to talk to you again um, because I think you know you have you're very, very grounded in your musical. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in your approach mm -hmm. to to writing and and word crafting so i thank you for being on here i appreciate you guys for having me and you know making the time to you know sit down and jot down these questions for me and just you know expand your horizons you know you guys say you don't really listen or do the hip-hop scene but for me it's a blessing to to be asked to be interviewed and to be per se a, a representative for hip hop music, you know, I, I hope it it 
opens your your guys' eyes a little bit to be more, you know, open-minded to it. Because, you know, rap and hip-hop in general now is just, you know, you know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, 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 it is what it is. And, you know, I just hope it gives you guys another look to, like, there are hidden gems in, you know, in rap and hip-hop. There are people who are still human beings that, that do hip-hop and rap. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Parker's uncle you know, said it completely. Sean, with great power comes great responsibility. So, right, very true. So, without any further ado, thank you, Brandon, and uh, yes, hopefully we'll we'll have you come back next time. And, I appreciate uh, it, man. You guys have a good one. You too. Thank you, Brandon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brandon. And next time we will be sitting down with the artist's fee from Seattle, Washington. My name is Sean Rakunis. And I'm Hunter Sigona. And remember, keep listening to what you love. <laughs>